Hello again and welcome back to the Lightweight Pre-Gamers, a fantasy football podcast for the Pre-Game HQ. I am your host, CJ Kraus. Today on the agenda, we are talking about the big signing of the day, the J.J. Watt signing to the Arizona Cardinals, a few what-ifs on the Russell Wilson trade reveal, some potential breakouts and busts for the 2021 season. With me this week, two of the best in the biz, the owner of Pre-Game HQ. On Twitter, we call him Nugget. But here we call him Daniel. Sir, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, it's about time I'm my debut on the show, right? Yeah. Thank you guys for finally having me on. No, it's great to have you on here. And bringing it back by popular demand with us, hopefully with another big beer that he has going on to start this Monday off, but maybe not today. Tony, how are we doing? You know, man, I got my big beer. I'm ready to go. We're ready to start the week off talking some football. I'm ready to go. We got Nuggy here. I'm I'm ready. Ready. He's ready, guys. And we're always ready here at Lightweight Pre Gamers setting up here. So, first of all, let's talk about that uh, major signing that went down. We have JJ Watt announcing himself in a little workout shot on Twitter today, going to the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll go a little round robin. What do you think the impact is for the NFL team and potentially for fantasy as well, if there is any? Tony, what's your thought on this? Yeah, I mean, certainly if you sign J.J. Watt, it's a good signing. I mean, they might have paid him a little too much, but, like, the guys earned it, so it's hard to argue that. Uh, For fantasy purposes, I mean, obviously he kind of boosts the defense for all the redrafters out there, Um, Cardinals defense. But honestly, uh, someone had mentioned it to me. You know, they that's a lot of money to one player already. And, uh, you know, what what effect will that have on the offense, you know, come free agency? You know, will they not have as much money to sign a offensive piece? You know, does that make DeAndre Hopkins a little more valuable now? That's, that's sort of where my head's at right now. But overall, I think that's a good sign for them. Their defense has kind of been lackluster for the most part. I mean, they got Isaiah. Is Isaiah Simmons? that Clemson guy from last year, he's developing still. And then they've got Chandler Jones on the other side. And then you got Buda Baker, who unfortunately got chased down by DK Metcalf. But regardless, he's still really good safety. Uh, I, I think their defense definitely takes a step up here, but we'll see for the offense what how that will affect them moving into the uh, offseason. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of the major signings that we saw. One of the early big payments. I was reported a $31 million signing with $23 million guaranteed for a two-year contract. That's a huge investment in there on the defensive ball, which is a great investment. But again, as you brought up, it does kind of bring up like people were talking about maybe signing a running back for the Aaron Jones or like the Chris Carson or think people like that, the Bulls are maybe a tight end, like a Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith. These ones that are out there and I don't, they have all the money now to really pay them what they're worth. Like maybe they can get a tight end. I think they have just over $10 million left over in cap space for this year, but that's not a lot realistically compared to what they had there. Um, Nugget, did they overpay? Did they pay the right price? What's your thought process um, with the Cardinals signing J.J. Watt? I think as far as fantasy, it's going to hurt the offense more than anything because we talked about it already. They're not going to be able to sign those offensive players that they need because they made so a $31 million for two years. That's, that's a good chunk of money for a defensive player who is a great defensive player, but don't – don't get me wrong. He is an aging star. It's not like he's in his prime more. I think he's aging. He's not the same J.J. Watt that we have seen. And we've seen get hurt on multiple occasions. So I think it's a great signing for them. I just – it's going to – I think they overpaid. And since they overpaid, it's going to hurt 
their um their offense like as far as being able to bring in a tight end because Dan Arnold's not a tight end that's gonna bring in fantasy relevance. Um hurt Kyler Murray and what's going on in the running back um uh Kenyon Drake one year contract, right? Am I yeah, he's he's, a, he's a, I believe he's a free agent this year and then we have Chase Edmonds left yeah, available there. Who I think is a great back, but there's a reason he hasn't been number one back and they went and signed Kenyon Drake to a one year deal. So I'm worried about what's gonna mean for the offense at Kyler Murray. Um but I all I know is that the NFC West is the best division of football and uh go Rams, baby. Go Jeez. No no bias party in that one. No, not biased at all. I got my Cam Akers signed mini helmet that just came in the day. But NFC West, <laughs> best division of football, baby. All right. Again, unbiased unbiased here at the Lightweight Pre-Gamers. 100%. With our takes. 100% there. No, I mean, I don't think it's huge for the offense. Again, we're not going to probably see. This might push them more to draft a running back more than anything else. We might see, like, uh, Javante Williams end up there, which would be a great fit. For that, but again, they do need a tight end. I believe Dan Arnold is a free agent as well, so we'll see something happen there. But um, that's going to be something that, again. I do think they overpaid a little bit, but they needed something for that defense to deal with everyone else around there. So I love that staying, you know, in that division as well. We got some what if talks. Russell Wilson has been in the rumor mill there. He's not technically requesting a trade, but he's saying if I were to be traded, I would like to go to the Bears, Raiders, Cowboys, or Saints. That's like saying, no, I don't want to leave my wife, but if I did, these are the women I would 100% do it for kind of thing. But um, what are your guys' thoughts on this one? Uh, do you think he gets dealt? If he does, where is he going or where would be the best spot for him? Nuggy, let's start with you, buddy. Well, I tried this talk with my girlfriend, and guys, it didn't go well. I'm just going to say don't try that for <laughs> because I said, hey, if we break up, you know, these are the women I want to sleep with. Don't, I don't recommend trying that. Just kidding. I definitely didn't try that, but I see I what... I hope not. You wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> I see what um, Russell Wilson's doing. He is... He's been sad. He's been thrown around. He's, he's scrambled, and when you're a quarterback of a franchise like that, all of it's fallen on you, so if they don't do who's who is it? Well, it's either the house or it's Russell Wilson. So, as far as the rumors, I don't think it's going to happen. He's been there his whole life. He is a he is a you know you see you see some people who are just they they're gonna bounce around for then you see some people like Kobe who are gonna be on their whole their whole the same team their whole career. I see Russell Wilson and somebody's gonna be on the same team their real career. And I don't think it's gonna I don't think he's gonna leave. But if it does leave as far as fantasy aspects there's only one team that he listed that I would want to see him go to, and that's the Cowboys. Just because we get excited with um, the offense that Dax has. Imagine, imagine Russell Wilson on that team. What do they get fantasy is going to be for him and that and that um, off? We saw, hey, let Russ cook in 2020, early 2020, and he was an MP contender. Once that fell down, and he didn't have, I would say it. Cowboys have better offensive weapons than the Seattle Seahawks. I think best landing spot for him out of the teams I saw that he was naming was the Dallas Cowboys. Love it. Yeah, no, it's a great call. I mean, they have some of the best weapons in the NFL is the Cowboys there. I mean, I don't think he gets dealt this year, but I disagree. I do not think he ends his career 
as a Seattle Seahawk. That's the one thing. Um, they do have an out next year that saves them $11 million. That if he is that disgruntled, he might be someone that's possibly traded next year because that's the way his contract is structured potentially there. But I don't see it happening this year. But I think it's kind of one of those like situations where he's like, hey, just so you know, I might pull a Watson next year. Cause like that's something to kind of like put out there. But um, before I tell my team that I think he'd be best suited for or, or, a personal bias there, let's bump it over to Tony. What's your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah. I mean, look, Russell Wilson clearly has all the respect in the world. Like, you know, from a fan's perspective, football perspective. And I, I clearly, I guess there's some, some issues going on between the front office and Russell Wilson himself. And, it would shock me if they were to just be like, you know what, you want us to Super Bowl, we'll just trade you just because. But like sometimes that the scenarios bring that upon, you know, that gets brought upon the teams and you kind of have to do that. And so if they get to a point, I, I think this is putting a lot of pressure on the front office come draft time, maybe even free agency as well. They Russell Wilson wants them to focus on the offensive line and work on that, it sounds like. Granted, their running back room is a mess, but if you can't run the ball, you're not going to be able to pass the ball. So I think the offensive line needs a lot of focus. I think Russell Wilson's saying, like, hey, it's now or never. And if they don't do anything that he likes, I think he's going to do, you know, I'm going to hold out because I make enough money to hold out, even if I have to pay the whatever 50000 fine. What, what's the fine now per day if you hold out? Isn't it a ton? I can look it up, yeah, but it, it doesn't behoove anybody to hold out anymore. Yeah. So, like, we don't see as many holdouts. We won't see as many because used to, they could – honestly, the biggest difference to bring this up right now is they can't waive fines anymore. That's a key difference in holdout situations. In past years, um, they could waive fines where, like, oh, when they finally showed up. So if a player does hold out, it means a lot because they are going to be paying those fines. Yeah. Where in past years, were like they'd be like – all right, we'll waive them now. You can't do that anymore, but um, I'll 100%. look at that fine for you. So uh, keep talking. I'll find that information for you. Yeah, so I won't, I'm not going to dive into what team I would want him to get traded to because I know that hits home close to you there, Kid Flash. Um, but it, let's say let's go a different route. If he were to get traded to the Bears, I wouldn't hate that if Allen Robinson ended up getting tagged and was still on the team. Like Allen Robinson – uh, David Montgomery, Russell Wilson, pretty good trio. You know, you got young budding Cole Kmet. You know, I, I, I'm not super high on Cole Kmet, but, like, Russell Wilson did like to throw to tight ends a bit, so you never know. Um, Bears would be interesting, but I don't really want him to go to the Bears personally. But uh, I'll let you take off with this and run with your uh, – one of your guys. Oh, you knew I was going to go into this one. Um, just so you know, I looked at it, it's 40000 per day is the fines accumulated for missing. I just wanted to double check that. But yeah, you were close to the 50000 It's good to have that on the back of your mind. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that is an insane fine. But um, again, because we are an unbiased party here, I would love to see him go to the Saints. I am right. a giant Saints fan. And going from Drew Brees to Russell Wilson would be honestly the dream scenario going into there. But um. I don't see it happening, unfortunately, as much as I would want to see Russell Wilson chucking it down to Michael Thomas or having um, Deion Smith catching the ball deep or Trey Quan and anybody of those deep threats. It's not going to happen. Like, I don't see it happen. I think it's just a situation being like, I'm open to holding out. I'm open to this. So it's kind of like putting pressure on them to get the pieces in place and tell the guys, hey, I want the offense around me. Like, Russ wants the ball. 
Um, can he handle all of that? Probably, but we saw some ups and downs last season. But it's going to be interesting. It's a power struggle between the team wanting to run the ball so much and Russ wanting to throw the ball as much as he does. But, yeah, I could definitely see it's a pressure point of being an offensive line thing. So it's, it's going to be something to monitor, but, like, it doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, it has to make sense for the team to trade the player. Yeah. And um, as much as fun to play uh, GM from our couches – um it doesn't uh really help anything to speculate too much but i do want to bring back to fantasy football if there's anybody that thinks it's actually going to happen and there's a buying window on dk metcalf and dynasty go buy dk metcalf that's something i want to bring up because usually i wouldn't see that cool since you brought it up real fast i i just want to ask what is your opinion on dk metcalf if they have to go to the draft to uh pick up a quarterback because the listen leaves do you feel like that's gonna drop his value at all not a young receiver with him. I think he's he's still like right now he's in that like three to ten range, depending on who's ranking it. I have him at like six, I think. I think he stays around that like maybe drops to eighth or something okay. like that. Nothing nothing in, in dynasty factors. In um redraft, it's a little bit different. Um, but I still think he would be in that uh, talking of that low end one, high end two. I can't see someone with his skill set and his athletic ability dropping uh too far out of that range. What do you think, Tony? I think it, the with a new quarterback, it'd probably be a rocky start, like the first two games. But I think right that like game six, you know, week six, it's probably when he would start going off again, like doing his normal two touchdown, one hundred yard game type thing. But he's he's a monster. He's nobody. He's not going to decrease too much just because of pure athleticism and pure athleticism and talent. But the new quarterback will definitely shake things up if it were to happen. No yeah, doubt. two two touchdown, hundred yard game, and a dropping the ball on the one yard line when he didn't really need to. That's a that's a DK Metcalf or having a drop that was funny, but yeah, he's gonna be a monster. He's twenty three years old this year, um, and he just needs to clean up his game. And he could be the best wide receiver in football based on his athletic ability alone. But again, yeah. it's all about uh, it's also what's between the ears sometimes with that. But again, I think he's a great player no matter what with all of that. So. Speaking of that, I love that this is a nice segue for this one. We're talking breakouts and busts for the 2020s. We saw DK Metcalf break out last year. So let's try to catch that DK Metcalf for this year going into it. And we've each um, brought up a couple players. So we'll talk about them round robin style as we normally do. And I want to start off with Mr. Tony once again. He's got some, a, a great player that I love first. So uh, who's your breakout for 2021? Yeah, so I'm going with Terry McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin, man, I'm excited about him, not only because I'm a Buckeye, but he's only been in the league two years. He's a, got 2,000 yards receiving on both of his combined in his two years, 11 touchdowns between the two years. He did see the touchdowns drop this past season, but I think that was just because he had like a different quarterback every three weeks, it felt like. And they finally had like a strong running presence with Antonio Gibson. So like that whole offense was just trying to find their identity throughout the year. And like, whether it was, we were going pass heavy, we're going run heavy. I think that's sort of those kinks they're going to figure out this year. And as we saw, Alex Smith got released today. So he's not in the mix anymore. So right now I think they're sitting with just Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Yep. That's exactly right. They, they're, ju- they're down to um, Taylor Heineke right now. And I believe Kyle Allen is still there, but like, I don't think either one of them will end up being the starter. Yeah, come right. week one with that one, but um, he's the only healthy uh, quarterback right now. Yeah. But, but that's something to consider. I, I, I love that you brought up 
Terry McLaurin because he's one of my biggest uh, buys, one of my biggest players I'm in on. We saw him have an 1,100-yard uh, season, which, like, again, with a, with a passing offense that was literally dink and dunk, and we saw um, J.D. McKissick get, like, 111, uh, 111 targets, they still were able to get Terry McLaurin through, what, four different um, quarterbacks to 1,100 yards? Yeah. And that's a big thing with that. Again, his touchdown numbers were a little bit lower, but that goes with the offense. I think they're a team that is going to be aggressive in acquiring some kind of quarterback that will help the offense because that defense is stout. They're good to go. Whether they go out and trade or they sign like a veteran, like even like a Ryan Fitzpatrick would be beautiful for Terry McLaurin's uh, fantasy um, yeah. implement and probably for the NFL because I think um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can bring a team to the playoffs personally there um but that would just be something something like that they're not going to go in with taylor heineke as much as like he had a great he's a great story i can't see them being like you're our guy kind of thing right. um uh, yeah no what do you think of uh terry mcclellan we think of t-mac f1 whatever Nick um, you want to say. if we're talking fantasy value of him first off which i know this is a fantasy show there is no other court of receiver in the league where i'm like i want this guy to have a quarterback more than anything because yeah. if he has a, a top 12 quarterback, he is going to explode in value and just be one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think the pro- the biggest problem, though, is he just needs that quarterback. Like, let's talk about some of the quarterbacks he had last year. Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins. Um, Taylor Heineke. Heineke. Kyle Allen. Kyle um, Allen. It's like these are not NFL long-term quarterbacks if we're being completely honest so once we him get that quarterback i think yeah of course he is going to bust out because he's that proof he's gonna put up receiver two games every week with what he has but when we see him get that quarterback he's gonna take a step up to be a wide receiver one i think every single damn week no, I totally agree. And this is one of the things that I look for in fantasy, um, especially dynasty is something I play a lot of. I look for those players that perform well with bad quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm a sucker for like the Allen Robinson, the DJ Moore's things like that. Getting them before they get that quarterback is a huge advantage, but like seeing those numbers, they can only really go up kind of things like that, because that's something I love to catch in those potential breakouts that are undervalued is looking at those kind of players. So I love the Terry McLaurin pick there because he has that skill set to be the number one on the team. All he needs is someone that is competent throwing him the ball. Absolutely. Um, well, so, so are you, you can, are you talking? So what I'm hearing is like, well, you're, you're saying I would uh, recommend buying Terry McLaurin, but are you worried? that they're going to they're not going to address that quarterback position in a way that in, improves his value at all. Um, no what, what you're buying him at is what he's worth right now and what he's worth right now is probably his floor. It can only go up. So either, either you're paying a fair price or you're paying a preview price and there's no loss there. You're either getting the value yeah. at the same price you paid for him right now or you're getting in early and it's only going to go up. So I don't ever mind paying for those players, even though he is a high value asset to pay for. He's yeah. definitely someone I don't mind paying for because again, I'm paying for him at his worst setup. It can only get better or it stays the same. And we've already seen what it is right here. And I'm fine with him with the way he is. So maybe it's a little uh, scorn because the last time 
uh, over a month ago, I tried to trade for him. It was the guy wanting three first rounders for Terry McLaurin. Well, that's um, that's a different world. That's that's overvaluing. Like he's not uh, a Devonte Adams or Stephon Diggs. Um, I wouldn't even be uh, considering them. I mean, I sold Stephon Diggs to three first rounders, and I thought he overpaid for that. So yeah, I, I was okay. This this is I, I get it. I'm not upset at you. I get your value of this, player, but I don't think me anywhere near that. So as long as we're at the understanding, he is nowhere near that. Then yes, yeah. I would say go acquire him um, because at his a, value at is going a fair to value. At a, the endowment effect is strong sometimes, but at a yeah, fair that's, value. That's the issue is the owner of Terry McLaurin. It's like where do they put him? Do they are they someone like me, me who is assuming that they're definitely gonna fix that quarterback position, or are they someone that's like you know what I I can't wait for this. I need like true like com like. Things that are going to happen, I know are for sure. This guy's got a quarterback. It just kind of depends on who owns him because you could have someone who is a contending team and he's their wide receiver three. It's like it's going to be hard to get him from him because he knows he has value if they get that quarterback. But we'll this see. goes back to the philosophy of uh, just ask. Like, yeah. what's this to be like? Hey, what's he worth to you? That, and and, and it's, even if they're trying to downplay, it's most likely they will. Like, if it sounds like it's in a ballpark or something you're willing to pay, pay it. Yeah. If they're like, I want three first rounders, don't. It's that simple. Like, no one's making you do these trades. Right. It's all about just, but it doesn't hurt just to, like shoot a DM or give them a text or something like that to find out. And if they're being a re- if they're not being reasonable, don't do it. Um, cool. That, but that's that's another philosophy of uh, especially with dynasty trades right there. But uh, Nuggy, you're up, buddy. What is your uh, breakout for the 2021 season? Oh, um, you're gonna let me know. I go with. Uh... The one Tony's going to disagree with me on for that one for a little bit longer. I mean, I'll let you call it out. Um, well, let's let's go with the one that Tony uh, agrees might agree with. We know he doesn't agree with one. Let's go with the one he might agree with because I want to let you guys get a heated debate later on to, fin- to close near the show. Yeah, no, of course. So I'm going to be talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as my break candidate. Um, I, I think he had – yeah, I might have heard these exact stats on this podcast. When I listen to it, but I think his expectations were there was no way to actually fulfill the standards that were. Was that from you? That was most. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that last week. He was he was our yeah. bounce back candidate. So. Exactly. I don't think anyone he was going to fill the standards that people had for him after they saw everything that happened. Everything that happened where he was driven by the Chiefs. Apparently, Patrick Mahomes texted Andy Reid. Then we see William walked out. He was supposed to be running back in all of football according to his truthers going into the season that didn't happen obviously he'll put up 1100 yards in only 13 games in two yards um what was it 20203 it was wasn't it like exactly yeah. 1100 yards it was correct? exactly 1100 yards over 800 um, rushing and t- uh, 200 and um, receiving over 297 and yep. 803 exactly um for most rookie running backs are damn good numbers we take a look at with well, a my big thing about fantasy football is people have a fantasy bias issue they want it in the now they want to see what's happening every single year and we've been spoiled these last couple of years in McCat, not McCat, uh, even um, Ezekiel, Barkley, 
he's coming in and absolutely dominating in the NFL. But that doesn't happen every year. If you look at what happened with um, David Montgomery, everybody was like, oh, he put up 800-something yards, uh, 100 receiving uh, yards. That's nothing. He's not going to be anything top five back this last year. So I still think he's in the best offense in all of football. That is something you need to account for. He had five touchdowns called back on him. You give him two or three more. Okay, we're talking jumping up on the money back rankings. And he has another to learn to be successful in the NFL. I know the, the major concerns are why did they bring another running back? Yes, I don't think Bell's going to be there next year. Now we got Williams. What's going to happen with that? I see the concerns, but I think if you can have a chance of buying him low right now, now is the time to do it because he's still in the best offense in the NFL and he's damn good at running back. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. He he wasn't bad last year. He yeah. just didn't hit the expectations. And for a breakout, he has all the tools in place to be that high-end running back one. Mm-hmm. Will he hit it? Maybe, maybe not. But either way, like that's what you're looking for. He's a value 100%, whether you're trading for him or by the time draft next year. Everyone feels burnt by him, but that's because he didn't give you top six give back. And the only excuse really they had is that like, oh, he's hurt a game. There's a whole game he had zero carries in, but it counts as a game played because he was listed active, but he can get the ball once. So he's definitely someone I think that can have all the breakout tools to his disposal. And he's He's again, we saw these rookies. We're so again, spoiled is the best term to use in all of this because all these players broke out way sooner than they usually do, or they got hot for us and we remember it. So I think he's one of those forgotten players, um, or has a, like a, a stink to him for like no real reason. There, um, Tony, we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, what, are, what do you think about Clyde Abdullah being a breakout? Do you think he has top six, top five potential, or is he kind of that RB2 range? Yeah, um, I'm I'm on the side where he's definitely that guy that just fell. He sat, he fell in that unfortunate situation where everyone fell head over heels for him, and expectations flew through the roof, which was unfortunate because like he was a rookie running back, and like that's just so much pressure for a rookie running back with all these fantasy expectations, let alone you know regular football expectations. Um, I, I personally think his year three is going to be his breakout year, but it's only because of the offense that he's in. So you've got Pat Mahomes on the team. Like, I'm sorry, they paid him $50 million a year. They're going to make sure he's throwing the ball. You know, here's here's where I think he's definitely going to in, increase all of his stats in production in year two. So you had 803 rushing yards. I think he'll be re- relatively around that 900-yard mark max thousand but i think his receiving yards could jump up to 500 yards where they were just at 300 so like he's gonna get an extra 300 yards which maybe that is considered a breakout season you guys can tell me that but i also think his touchdowns are going to go up next year and that's where the breakout could come through and he's going to get that goal line work he's going to improve yeah he only had four rushing touchdowns it wouldn't shock me if he has at least eight and then like four or five catching you know that that's where that value comes in in fantasy is all those touchdowns. So that's where I think it, most of his value is going to come in next year is touchdowns. But year three, I think, is going to be a big year for CEH. Yeah, 100%. I think it's definitely something to look forward to. He's definitely going to be something like – like, he's dropping down the board in that, like – I think his, his current ADP is around running back 17 or 18. 
things like that. So I think he's definitely be a value. Definitely someone you can kind of, if you're a dynasty, treat him as a cornerstone with at a lower yeah. value. Um, mm-hmm. If in redraft, he could be your RB2, which is a lovely spot to have an RB2 and that kind of upside. Um, yes. Bringing up one of my favorite players up next, it is going to be from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going with Deontay Johnson. So I make fun of Deontay Johnson so much, so much with the drop um, gif <laughs> of the kid trying to catch the ball. But realistically, he was very good, especially like he's accredited with, I think, playing for what? 15 games, but he only played 8% of snaps on one game because he got hurt, was taken out of two more games, but he still got 144 targets. Yeah. That is elite target share on a team. That's with Juju Smith-Schuster playing. That is with Chase Claypool emerging. Um, That's something to consider there. He's only going to get more with presumably Juju's not coming back. He's going to be number one, and drop issues can be fixed. Like, yes, he had the most drops in the NFL, and yes, he might be considered a breakout finishing at um, wide receiver 21, but I think he has more room to grow into that wide receiver one range, the top 12 potential um, there. So that's why I think he's definitely a breakout candidate going into 2021. Tony, what do you think of uh, my boy Deontay? Now, I'm a big Deontay, Deontay Johnson fan, man. So one of my redraft leagues this year, I had A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Allen Robinson, and Deontay Johnson. Those are my four receivers. Yes, I won that league. But I would hope so. <laughs> um, I I don't. You, I guess you can call me a truther because I've been defending him regardless of the drops. I mean, I had a a tweet that had some action back in the regular season. I was like, look, if someone doesn't have one of those jugs machines that shoots the football at wide receivers to work on catching, I was like, if someone doesn't get him one of those for Christmas, I'm going to myself. I, but I think I think we can make a GoFundMe for that one. I think that'll, exactly. That'll get- but I 100% agree with you. Drops are fixable. And with the talk about Big Ben coming back, I think that's perfect for his fantasy value. He's going to be that wide receiver his third year. He's going to take off. Like All the attention is going to be on Juju. And then they also have to worry about um, Claypool. So, you know, he had 900 yards, seven touchdowns last year. I, I definitely see over 1,000 yards. I hope he gets to that 10 touchdown mark, but it's a busy wide receiver room. So that might be a little bit harder to reach, but I, I definitely like Deontay to break out here in year three, especially with the new offensive coordinator. I like that too. Yeah, the biggest thing with that one is is what those targets are going to be. Like we like I said, we saw 144. That offense had one of the lowest um, air yards in the NFL. Yeah, but we, a lot of that went to Juju, and Juju is probably not going to be back. It looks like he's testing the market. Like we've had, heard him ties back to. Um, the Steelers, but also ties to the Raiders and different players, different teams like that. So we'll see with that was that. But either way, Deontay did it with the, and again, he's one of those players. Again, I love players that perform with bad quarterbacks. And in 2019, we saw Mason Rudolph, and the most productive wide receiver was Deontay Johnson. Exactly. I like to um, bring up there, so he can be perform bad players, get him someone good, or get him, make him be the number one. I think he's got that uh, ceiling. Uh, Nuggy, what you, what you thinking of Deontay? Oh. I'm somebody where I agree if that wide room is crowded, it's tough to have three top 24, 25 wide receivers every single year. Because, I mean, let me pull up right now, but I believe they had three top in the top 25 in PPR leagues. They did. No, three in the top 23 because Claypool was 23 and not 25. So – that is that's extraordinary, but that's something we're not going to see every single year from them, especially with the quarterback concern. So I am worried. Uh, Big Ben is not 
he has taken a um, a step down in the play we have seen in the past. So I, I'm worried about that, and I'm worried about the drops. However, I see the value in Deontay Johnson and what he can do. So I'm I'm agreeing with you. If if Big Ben has keeps up what he has been doing as far as passing a lot and can even do the same as last year, I think Deontay Johnson could have a breakout when yeah, he, and that's what we're trying to do is buy is buy it before it happens. That's the big thing is exactly. knowing where to go for that one. Um, and you have to keep in mind his price probably isn't too expensive right now. So if you've got a lot of you know a lot of picks to work with, it might be worth going for him in dynasty. You never know. I yeah, think- I mean I I think a big thing with him is and I'll let you um, jump in in a second. I think anything um, after one hundred and nine is with the it's just a strong class. And yeah. If it's if, if it's super flex, if it's super yeah. flex, one hundred and nine is like where I would say with a 110, it would sell for Deontay in a heartbeat, um, things like that. But in a one QB league, I'd probably say the 106 is a good range from the BN. So, awesome. yeah, what do you think, Nuggy? Well, I think the the, pro- the biggest problem is whenever you're making a trade with somebody and you request a certain person, they um, immediately increase their value on this person. So I think that's one of the hardest parts about Dynasty and any type of fantasy football is getting a fair value whenever you bring up a person to somebody else. So, yeah, I, and that's a big thing I want to talk about next week. We're gonna have a dynasty focused show, so we'll talk about this more in, uh, as well with a couple of guests coming on. So just uh, tune into next week for dynasty focus. But finish your talk there, Nuggy. So whether it be you trying to find other ways to get this player in conversation, my favorite thing to do is to open up the conversation. Reach out about one player I am interested in, not trying to do any uh anything and not want that player at all, but maybe somebody I am interested in on their team, and then maybe somebody a little higher than the actual person I'm interested in, and then working down to said player. So just something I I, I do personally. Yeah, it's uh, trades are always hard to navigate, but again, open that line of communication is the biggest thing there as well, and like maybe being a little a little backdoor moves to kind of over talk one guy and then like he's like oh, well what about this guy we'll put this guy in the deal and it's kind of nice to get when that happens with the guy you actually wanted <laughs> um and that doesn't happen very often for being honest yes. <laughs> but again gotta try it doesn't hurt to doesn't hurt to ask um that's a big thing but um moving on let's get a little i hate doing this but we gotta be a little negative sometimes uh bust people that are being overvalued or will be overdrafted next year um Nuggie, let's go back to you. I think you got a, a good bust for this year. Candidate, it, it has to be Ty Lockett for me personally. One, because I was by him. And two, because he's so, so boomer bust, and that's not what I'm looking for in a wide receiver. If we take a look at um, weeks eight, who 3.3, 4, 6. 2.7, 3, 6, 5.2, And he was top 10 wide receiver. That is not 10 receiver numbers. So where he's going to be drafted next year, because most people, all they do is just go look at the numbers. Um, they're the previous year. They how many points put up? Where did you rank? That does, does um, go into people's thinking when they're drafting. I think he's going to be higher than he should be. Because those numbers, hideous. And I do not want him on my team. 
especially because he lost me at the championship this past year. So I'm a little, I'm a, I'm not biased at all. Oh uh, yeah, especially on a team you're uh, not a huge fan of as well. So as you get to double double burn on that one, you're finally cheering for Seahawk, and then uh, he's awesome, and then he's literally the worst thing you could have on your team is you can't sit him, yep. but you don't want to, but um, you don't want to start him. So it's kind of like, well, let's hope he gets his blow up game. And Dingus, yeah, he's finished at I believe wide receiver eight on the season last year, but he definitely his consistency was in the twenties by comparison. So. That's um, a huge gap difference there. So I think it's a definitely a, one of those guys you should be avoiding at his cost, which is, again, what we in terms talk about bust is trying to not burn ourselves. We always want to take the best value, the best pick, and he's one of those guys at the cost of a wide receiver eight or even in the top ten, he's going to burn you. So mm-hmm. something um, there going in. But, um, again, we're going to blitz through the negatives here. Let's go with Tony's uh, bust for uh, 2021. Yeah, okay, so a lot of people will not like this, but I'll explain why this is my guy. So Brandon Ayuk, who looked really good his rookie year. I'm not going to deny that. He did look great. But here's the thing. The 49ers have been looking to increase – not increase – have been looking to improve their quarterback situation. I've heard some buzz the past few days that they are going to roll Jimmy G. Let's say they do. Let's do this under that. Jimmy G loved throwing to George Kittle and Debo Samuel. In a busy offense, a guy like Brandon Ayuk will probably not have the season people were expecting him to. Granted, the exact opposite could happen, and Debo Samuel busts and Brandon Ayuk doesn't, but that's less interesting. Brandon Ayuk, he's got a lot of expectations going into next season. It could potentially let some people down because of how high this bar is being set for him. I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, God forbid, I want George Kittle to have the healthiest year because he's a stud when he's healthy. Just when an offense gets busy, sometimes one guy gets forgotten about. So that's kind of where my head was out with Brandon Ayuk. You know, like maybe people are putting him up on this pedestal and he's just kind of going to let him down. You know, you just never know. And that's kind of where my head's at with him is I'm being cautious about him. I'm not draft him too high. I'm trying to stay away from him at a high value, but if I get him in a good round as like, I don't know, maybe a late wide receiver two, early wide receiver three, that's kind of where my head is at with him. Granted, don't get me wrong. I want him to, you know, thrive and do well in year two, but just seems like it could be a busy offense for him to get his, get his feet on the ground and get going in year two. Yeah, no, I mean, I could totally see that happening. That's the biggest thing about bus. It's again, we're not trying to say these people are going to be unusable. We're saying they're not going to return the value of where you're going to have to draft them. Exactly. Uh, and that's what we want to avoid is things. Like, I mean, he at 15.4 points per game in PPR. That's a great number. It's one about um, wide receiver 18 as a rookie. The caveat is most of his big games were either without Debo, without and Kittle. Kittle, or without both. Or a healthy running back. Yeah. (laughs) We've never seen a healthy 49ers is the biggest uh, thing this. We don't know how the offense is going to run. And again, Jimmy G, I don't think he's a quarterback of the future. They're talking like he is. But I compare this kind of the last year where the the Patriots saying, oh, Jared Stidham's our quarterback. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? They inquired about Teddy Bridgewater um, today even. So I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I think, again – He's a risky pick and someone I would probably not decide on in my redraft league. And that's what kind of what we're trying to say. Like he could hit, but like the odds of him hitting are a lot less 
than the odds of him missing. And that's something we want to kind of have you guys avoid, in my opinion, um, there. So I think that's a high um, risk, high reward, basically. Oh, yeah. And I'd rather just, you know, take more sure things in that range. Exactly. There. I just, I don't have any desire to draft a wide receiver, um, a wide receiver three on a team as a former wide receiver where he's going in your drafts. I don't yeah. have a desire to do that. Um, and I just want to point out, these bus candidates, I don't think they're terrible at they're terrible plays. I just I don't want to I will take any player at the value I value them. That's the most important thing for me. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is having your own list there. And uh, like I said, Ayuk is the I think he's the second re- rece- the second receiver, but the third pass catcher. I think that's what you're getting at yes, with that yeah. one. Because Kit- Kittle is definitely the first pass catcher, but he's considered mm-hmm. a tight end. But um that's something that's one to kind of caveat. There's not a new receiver on the 49ers. There's Debo Ayuk. Richie James, I guess, is the is the next guy up on that list. Um, but yeah, so again, love the call there. Someone I want to bring up, and it hurts me as a big dynasty player. But the more I think about it, the more I can't put the redraft value on this player where he's going, and that is going to be on DeAndre Swift. Again, I love him. He is a great dynasty piece, a cornerstone to your team. But there's a lot of variables to consider here at taking him as a running back one, which is where he's going at the end of the first round, early second round. He has a new quarterback that has been not known to throw the ball to the running back much. The biggest thing also, this quarterback named Jared Goff is losing his brain, in my opinion, which was Sean McVay telling him every single play that is going on. That offense is going to go through a big learning curve. It's going to go through a lot of more downs than ups, and that's going to hurt the running back the most. Could he hit? Yes, but I'm but I'm using a premium pick on a player. I want more sure things, more sure volume, and that's kind of where my head is at with saying DeAndre is going to be a bust at his price tag. If he's going like the top of the third, I'll take him there. But most likely, he's not going to fall that far in in 2021 drafts because of all the heavy running backs and the the narrative you can create for him on his potential upside. I'm not sure if it balances out with his, with his potential floor. Um, Tony, what do you think about uh, Swifty? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree that where his value is right now is the toughest part because it's like, again, it's one of those high risk, high rewards. But, you know, they're just going through that nasty rebuild phase right now. And as as long as, you know, the rebuild goes well, that's going to be a great dynasty asset. But for redraft purposes, I agree. I think it's just so so risky to take him where he's at. I mean, with only just under, what, 900 yards last year, he did get 10 touchdowns. That's what I do like is that he's getting the ball when, it, you know, they're in that red zone, they're in the goal line situation. Um, but it's just messy in Detroit. Like, I I think their only receiver on the books Quintus right now Quintus that's Cephas. relevant is Cephas or whatever his last name is. Quintez Cephas is the only uh, one under contract right now because Marvin Jones is gone. Yeah. Um, Kenny Galle could still be tagged, but, like, so you got TJ Hawkinson, so that's yeah. a pass catcher that matters. Yeah. I, I think just he's the one that could be a breakout, but that's another. Yeah, I'm just I'm just worried about Swift for this next season. Yeah, that's that's my biggest issue is he's being drafted as this. You know, I've seen people saying he's running back two, three, and I'm just like, I guess uh, that's probably true in dynasty formats. You know, because you got to think longevity, but. I just well, worry. The thing is, like, he may not have a. It may not be a bust of a season, 
But it, I think he his year two is going to be the same as the hype for Clyde Edwards Hilaire year one. Yeah. Where his ceiling's all the way up here, but then he only returns right here. So then everyone's all pissed off about him. So yeah. We'll buy him after next season then. Yeah, that is a beautiful analogy to kind of like put that together. That's going to be that flip-flop of like Swift has all this pressure now to be the guy. He definitely showed up his rookie season for what we expected of him. Right. We didn't expect much when he went to the Lions, but now we're expecting things from him. We need to. He's got a return on that, and I'm not sure if he can return the value uh, with that, but love it. To finish it off, guys, I know we had a little debate before – um we went on the air on this one it was i want to hear you two talk it out so let's start um with the positive first um we're gonna end with this uh breakout for nuggy but a potential bust for tony is how we want to end this one off tonight um let's go with a uh, nuggy why is uh i'll just say miles sanders running back for the philadelphia eagle a breakout candidate the number one thing for me is i'm about players at there at a good value of course you're not gonna do that every time and i think there are so many people that are down on miles sanders that is going to lead to a breakout so we see him come in and his rookie year puts up 818 rushing yards and 509 receiving yards in six games well now we go to 21 and put up 167 rushing yards in just 12 games. He does drop because of Boston Scott coming in and taking that passing work to 100 uh, receiving yards. But in 12 games, put up more 50, I don't know, 49 more rushing yards. So that's what I'm excited for. And we know that um, the old, oh my good, Doug Peterson, I was blanking on the old, old Eagles coach, did not want to give the ball. I mean, to they him. want to forget him anyway, so it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> Forget about him. Um, so he did not want to give one running back the ball, and we saw with him involving Boston Scott so much more. Because, like, do you really think Boston Scott's going to be a common name in the NFL in two years now? Because I know Miles is going to be. Um, I just – what I've seen from him, I know he has his injury concerns. And the last two years, we've talked about CEH having a breakout year through, I think – um, that Miles is going to be, and Doug Peterson left. Well, let's take a look at the coach. I can never pronounce his name, but the coach, the new coach for the East, Nick Siriana, Siriani, Siriani. Yeah, you got it. There we go. First there try. we go. Um, he came from the Colts, and Colts had Jonathan Taylor last year, and they did a good job of running the ball. They have a, a good offensive line to make that happen. However, I think if we get a um, a team that can realize, or sorry, a coach that can realize the value in Miles Sanders and what he can be, I'm going to take him at his current value all day long. What what is his current value to you? What, what where would you draft him at in a redraft league for 2021 right now? A read league in 2021. Um, I'm late, late second round, not even flinching. Middle of second round, I would. It depends on who fell. If anybody yeah. fell, but I, I would be happy with him in the second. So you're putting this, you're putting the same evaluation he had as last year, but he's going to perform up to the expectations, is what you're saying. Yes. Cool. That's what I want to make sure. We're not we're not bumping him in that first round category, but he's definitely that. Um, end of second, mid of second, be confident in that second round pick is what you're saying 
with that one. And again, Jalen Hurts might be able to open up something for him um, that we've noticed with running quarterbacks, um, that fear and that play action, that option based system opens up more lanes for a running back. So again, I could definitely see a breakout there. The flip side of the coin is a lot of questions right there. And I want to hear some of those questions that we have from Tony over here. Yeah. So <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I, the, here's the thing. I do like Miles Sanders, but the issue is all of the question marks in Philadelphia, new head coach, new quarterback running the offense on, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts took over late last season, but to start the next season with a new head coach and a young quarterback and a quarterback who likes to run the ball, nonetheless, it kind of makes me wonder if like, will Sanders be limited sort of like the Ravens running backs are because Lamar Jackson runs the ball so much, you know, will they lose value because the quarterback likes to take the ball himself or they, you know, have plays designed for it for himself. That's, that's the only thing I think could hinder Sanders this next year is, a new offense following the new kind of style with running quarterbacks in the league. That's the only thing that worries me is like someone who might take him in the second round. He may not return that value because they might go to that Raven style offense where there's the quarterback gets to keep the ball more often. And the running backs losing carries because of that. And you mentioned it. He has some injury issues. I don't really like to, hone in on injuries mainly unless it's like the same thing over and over. And, and I don't think it has been with Sanders. So yeah, no, it has it's been a medley of them. And again, the yeah. classic saying on that is you're not, you're injured prone until you're not. That's uh, right. something to go on there. But yeah, go on, sir. Um, but, the, but my second, you know, red flag is that passing game work. Um, I don't know. Is Boston Scott still under contract or is he? He is not, but he's expected to resign. He's a restricted okay. free agent right now. So or, or exclusive rights free agent technically. Is okay, the so let's t- let's go back to where Sirini. Sirini, can I say that right? <laughs> uh, close enough. Yeah. We we all know who you're talking about. That's the yeah, important okay. part. We'll just we'll go get- Nick. Good old Nick. <laughs> good, good old Nick over there. That's what we want. So he came from Indianapolis, and look at how much usage every running back in that core got time on the field. You know, so. It just kind of, you know, that's the thing. It just worries me. Like, will he do the same thing with the Colts where he gave touches to every guy because, like, they are good enough to earn them? Or does he roll with Miles Sanders as a workhorse? Like, there's just so many question marks. And I think personally, I think as redraft time comes around, I think he's going to drop, 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 drop. And, like, you know, ESPN, more casual rankings, I think he'll drop. But we'll see. I mean, I just I feel like it's a mess in Philadelphia. They got a lot to figure out. They need a passing game. They don't have a wide receiver worth a damn, in my opinion. I is hope God. Your guy is that not? I'm not. He just didn't impress me his <laughs> yeah. rookie year. No, I got you. You never know. But I I hope Goddard thrives because I do like Goddard. I think he's a very solid tight end option. But that's where I'm at with Sanders. I just think yeah. there's so many question marks sitting above his head, and I do like him, but he just worries me. No, there, there's uh, definitely a lot of questions uh, with Miles Sanders. Uh, 100% workload based, what the offense is going to be, how good is the offense. Like, there's a lot of ways to go there. Where would you be comfortable drafting him? Like, how far would he have to fall for you to be like, that's my pick? I wouldn't take him as my wide, like, my personal lineup. I wouldn't take him as my first running back. Okay. If I got him as like my RB2, probably would be a third rounder. So you're Late. saying you, you like start off like running back, wide receiver, running back, or running back, tight end, running back. It's like your strategy. And yeah, if Sanders he, is there in the third, that's where you want him. 
I would love him as a running back two. I would not want him as my running back one. Yeah. But again, if they did figure everything out lovely, that'd be a great stack between my running back one and running back two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's such a range of outcome with him. So something to consider as well. Like we were talking about Miles Sanders, a good chunk of his uh, running back uh, yards were on two plays. He had an 82-yard touchdown and a 65-yard touchdown. Yeah player right there so what is that 130 147 yards in two plays that's a big um discrepancy on those plays that again he is capable of those plays that's the biggest important yeah. thing there but not a lot of running backs had two um, rushing touchdowns over 40 yards he was one of five in that stat and i kind of dropped the stat last night as well it was derrick henry aaron jones um tony pollard was my big uh Weird one right there. Miles Sanders, um, not even Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook had two rushing plays for touchdowns over 40 yards. That's how rare those plays are. So mm -hmm. if we take those two plays away, which we shouldn't, but like, let's say that he doesn't get those broken runs, it's a different season and a different light that we're looking at Miles Sanders. So again, he has that big playability. He has the option there, but I could see it happening either way um, there. I personally am like, honestly, right in the middle between you guys. Yeah. I, I would, um, Depending on the board falls, I'd probably take him end of second, early third. Um, but I would not be picking like I would definitely decide on guys I'm more safe with, like a Devonte Adams if he falls a little late second, Tyree Kill, any of the tight ends. I'd probably take them if I have an early pick. But I would definitely not consider him at the turn at the far end and redraft again. One of us is going to be right. It's either going to work out or it's not. That's the beauty of a uh, uh, fantasy football. It's all numbers, so uh, things happen. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on you guys can all um listening at home can make your own decisions on these players give us feedback let us know what you um thought of them but guys let's uh plug let's plug some stuff we got working right now uh nuggy what do you got in the works right now i know you're the owner of all this but uh what you got coming in the pipeline um i you know i've really started getting into uh football cards so i've been doing some stuff with football cards reach out to me if you're interested but to me most important thing is plugging you guys and the pre-game hq because um, if you guys don't know, you don't know my first name on it. If you're on, so if you're listening, all I care about is growing a team that can help each other grow and turn this into something. But a lot, I love a lot of people come to get fancy information or just straight up football information because of the sport. So you want us to get as much shit about football as you can. That that is my goal. And I'm trying every day just to get that going. So that's what I want to plug because some big things coming from the pregame. And it's it, it may take some time because nothing is good easily. But just so over the next, I'm, I'm going to even say in the next year or two, we're going to be really good as a state and be taking over this industry. Yeah, pregame HQ is definitely a breakout candidate over the next few years. That's a big thing. Uh, we have gone with a great team working together on all of this. Uh, Tony, what you got going on for pregame HQ and uh, anywhere else? What you got? Hey, um, I'm actually going to start looking into some of these rookie running backs coming in this year. I'm going to start looking at some of their film breakdown, kind of look at you know where people have them and their values and what I think about each one. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to have an article coming out next week talking about the rookie running backs, just so I have time to watch March madness afterwards. Yeah. Well, maybe we're bringing you back on to talk about what you, uh, what you found there. That'd be lovely to hear about going into draft season. Um, so I can't wait to read that and maybe bring you back for some rookie running back talk, but 
Um, once again, I'm over here every single Monday talking with uh, you guys about different football topics, uh, bringing everything going there. I also started my own Dynasty podcast. It's um, at the Dynasty Duo FF, so you can look for me there. I'm at Kid Flash FF. That's my personal one. We got Daniel down here, owner of pregame at you, at Nuggy underscore Wuggy, N-U-G-G-I-E underscore W-U-G-G-I-E. And Tony over here, as always, it's just fantasy underscore. And always remember that, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.